Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good evening, dear students. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to another episode of You, Me, and Words. Listen, first and foremost, I want to apologize that I did not post a new episode last Wednesday. Things got a little crazy last Wednesday, so there was no time for me to post. Sorry about that, guys. Listen, this happens sometimes. Nevertheless, I continue to receive a lot of... Uh, you know, support and wonderful feedback from all you listeners, all you wonderful students out there. And as always, I really, really appreciate it. I think one of my favorite comments from last week was, Hey Sam, I'm listening to you from Russia and I work at a court. So many times I have to be Uh, You know, I stay late at this court in Russia and I listen to your podcast as I'm working. And I don't know, that just felt really cool that like my voice is heard in Russia. I mean, that's so freaking powerful. Uh, The power of the internet, the power of technology. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Thank you so much, guys, for all your continued support. Thank you so much for all your wonderful podcast feedback. I really, really appreciate it. I'm not just saying this to be nice. I really, really mean it. So thank you. Now you are probably wondering, "Mm, what is she going to talk about today? Listen, so many of you have messaged me about this amazing book, Charlotte's Web. A very, very friendly and quick reminder, if you have not listened to these podcast episodes from the beginning, I think now is a really good time for you to do that. Why? Because a couple of months ago, I started reading one of my favorite English books by the name of Charlotte's Web. I started reading this book together with you guys and I have read seven chapters so far. Okay, so I have received so many messages from you students out there. You guys have sent me pictures of the book which you purchased on Amazon. Thank you so much for doing that. You guys have told me that this you know, this reading, book reading session that I've been doing uh, through this podcast has been very helpful to you. And so what do I want to do tonight on this beautiful, hot Los Angeles Wednesday evening? I want to read, uh, continue to read the book Charlotte's Web uh, for you guys. As I said before, please If you have not 
read the previous seven chapters, then go back uh, and look for them in this podcast series. Read them. Okay, listen to them and then come back to tonight's episode and listen to it again and again and again. All right. Uh, you know, let me let me just say a couple of things before I get started. I specifically chose this book, Charlotte's Web, as a book that I want to share with you guys because it is truly one of my favorite English books ever, number one. Number two, I also wanted to take the opportunity to read a book together with all of you guys. Listen, all of you are trying to learn English As we already know, it's not always such an easy thing to do, uh, right? Sometimes it's a little bit challenging. Sometimes it's a little bit frustrating. And especially when it comes to reading books, I think that can be quite challenging, actually. Uh, You know, there are many new words, you know, we have to stop and look them up all the time. And so a couple of months ago, I said, you know what, I would love to share this book reading, I should say English book reading experience with my students so that we can Uh, you know, become better readers together, okay? So, once again, if you have never listened uh, to me reading this book, Charlotte's Web, I strongly recommend that you go back to some of my first episodes of this podcast and listen to all the previous chapters so that you can follow this amazing uh, story. As you listen to those chapters, you're going to notice that I like to read relatively slowly. I also like to stop and explain words to you guys so that everybody can follow, so that everybody can understand, and of course, so that you can learn new words. Uh, I've said this before and I'm going to say it again, I do not own any rights whatsoever, copyrights to this book. I'm not the writer of this book. Uh, Mr. E.B. White is the wonderful writer of this wonderful book. And I strongly, strongly encourage you to buy this book on Amazon. I think it's like $9 or $10 or something. And so buy it, you know, let's support uh, Mr. E.B. White, uh, you know, and also let's have the book in front of you as I'm reading so that you can truly enjoy the story and kind of highlight the words and all of that. All right. Okay. So let me continue here. Chapter eight. The name of this chapter is a talk at home. On Sunday morning, Mr. and Mrs. Arable and Fern were sitting at breakfast in the kitchen. Avery had finished and was upstairs looking for his slingshot. Did you know that Uncle Homer's goslings had hatched? asked Fern. 
How many? Asked Mr. Horrible, Mr. Arable, Arable, I should say, Mr. Arable. Seven, replied Fern. There were eight eggs, but one egg didn't hatch, and the goose told Templeton she didn't want it anymore, so he took it away. The goose did what? Asked Mrs. Arable, gazing at her daughter with a queer, worried look. Told Templeton she didn't want the egg anymore, repeated Fern. Who is Templeton? asked Mrs. Mrs. Arable. He's the rat, replied Fern. None of us like him much. Who's us? asked Mr. Arable. Oh, everybody in the barn cellar. Wilbur and the sheep and the lambs and the goose and the gander and the goslings and Charlotte and me. Charlotte, said Mrs. Arable. Who's Charlotte? She's Wilbur's best friend. She's terribly clever. What does she look like? asked Mrs. Arable. Well, said Fern thoughtfully, she has eight legs. All spiders do, I guess. Charlotte is a spider? asked Fern's mother. Fern nodded. A big gray one. She has a web across the top of Wilbur's doorway. She catches flies and sucks their blood. Wilbur adores her. Does he really? said Mrs. Arable, uh, rather vaguely. She was staring at Fern with a worried expression on her face. Oh yes, Wilbur adores Charlotte, said Fern. Do you know what Charlotte said when the goslings hatched? I haven't the faintest idea, said Mr. Arable. Tell us. Well, when the first gosling stuck its little head out from under the goose, I was sitting on my stool in the corner and Charlotte was on her web. She made a speech. She said, I am sure that every one of us here in the barn cellar will be gratified to learn that after four weeks of unremitting effort and patience on the part of the goose, she now has something to show for it. Don't you think that was a pleasant thing for her to say? Yes, I do, said Mrs. Arable. And now, Fern, it's time to go and get ready for Sunday school. And tell Avery to get ready. And this afternoon, you can tell me more about what goes on in Uncle Homer's barn. Aren't you spending quite a lot of time there? You go there almost every afternoon, don't you? I like it there, replied Fern. She wiped her mouth and ran upstairs. After she had left the room, Mrs. Arable spoke in a low voice to her husband. I worry about Fern, she said. Did you hear the way she rambled on about the animals, pretending that they talked? Mr. Arable chuckled. <laughs> Maybe they do talk, he said. I've sometimes wondered. At any rate, don't worry about Fern. She's just got a lively imagination. Kids 
think they hear all sorts of things. Just the same. I do worry about her, replied Mrs. Arable. I think I shall ask Dr. Dorian about her the next time I see him. He loves Fern almost as much as we do, and I want him to know how queerly she's acting about that pig and everything. I don't think it's normal. You know, perfectly well, animals don't talk. Mr. Arable grinned. Maybe our ears aren't as sharp as ferns, he said. So guys, this is a very short chapter, as you can see here, chapter 8. But I really want to talk a little bit about this chapter, okay? Why? Because as you can see, as you can see, Fern's mother and father are talking to Fern about this barn. Now you say, teacher, I don't remember, what is a barn again? Remember, we use the name barn in English to talk about a place where all the animals live together, like horses and sheep and cows and, uh, you know, geese and so on and so forth. And so, as you guys already know, those of you who have listened to all these chapters that I have read so far, you know that Fern is a really big character in this book. In fact, if you look at the cover of the book, okay, do you see the picture of that girl on the cover of the book? Well, that's Fern. And basically, she's a really big character in this story. Why? Because she has a very, very special relationship to Wilbur. And who is Wilbur? Wilbur is the pig that she is hugging, again, as you can see on the cover of the book. Okay, so Fern has a very special relationship with all the animals in the barn, right? Now, she she's... Fern is talking to her parents and she's telling them in this chapter, you know, she's telling them, yeah, you know, Charlotte is in the barn and okay, who is Charlotte? Oh, she's a spider and and Wilbur, you know, he loves her and it's like, okay, who is Wilbur? Oh, it's the little pig, right? So her parents are kind of worried, you know, they're like, uh, what's going on with our daughter? I mean, she's telling us that she's talking to these animals right so at this point you might say okay what's going on in this chapter why is the writer doing this to us in this chapter i think he's doing this in this chapter because he wants to remind us that children truly have a lively imagination okay and children are very very creative and children are open to new ideas but it's very interesting because it seems as if adults are always the ones kind of saying ah shh, shh no don't do that and, and don't say that and don't go there and no that's not true oh you're being silly right so that's exactly what's happening to Fern right now her parents are worried. It's like, why are they worried? Because 
they think she's kind of crazy. Like, what, what's going on with our daughter? She's talking to these animals? Like, what, what, what's going on, right? Okay, but I think the writer just wants to remind us that is she crazy or is she just very creative? Does she have a very special relationship with these animals that adults don't understand? right? That the adults are not really paying attention to. Make sense? It's interesting because in this chapter, chapter eight, uh, towards the end of the chapter, uh, Fern's mom says, you know, oh, I think I shall ask Dr. Dorian about her. I think I shall ask Dr. Dorian about her the next time I see him. I mean, Fern's mom is literally talking about a doctor. Like she wants to talk to a doctor about her daughter. You know, she's worried about her daughter. Uh, okay. All right. So very, very interesting chapter. Let's go to chapter nine now. Okay. The name of this chapter is Wilbur's Boast. Now, let's talk about this word, boast. What exactly does it mean? You know, when you are boasting about yourself, you are bragging about yourself. Like you are saying many, many amazing things about yourself, okay? So the name of this chapter is Wilbur's Boast. So basically it means that Wilbur is somehow going to brag about um, himself, okay? All right. A spider's web is stronger than it looks. Although it is made of thin, delicate strands, the web is not easily broken. However, a web Okay. However, a web gets torn every day by the insects that kick around in it, and a spider must rebuild it when it gets full of holes. Charlotte liked to do her weaving, uh, weaving during the late afternoon, and Fern liked to sit nearby and watch. One afternoon, she heard a most interesting conversation and witnessed a strange event. You have awfully hairy legs, Charlotte, said Wilbur as the spider busily worked at her task. My legs are hairy for a good reason, replied Charlotte. Furthermore, each leg of mine has seven sections. The coxa, the trochanter, the fumer, the petula the tibia, the metatarsis, and the tarsus. Wilbur sat bolt upright. You're kidding, he said. No, I'm not either. Say those names again. I didn't catch them the first time. See, Wilbur wants Charlotte to repeat those names. Why? Because he didn't catch them the first time. In other words, he didn't understand them the first time. By the way, guys, I apologize. I don't know if I am pronouncing these words correctly. To be honest, I'm not familiar with these spider parts, okay? But I think it's at coxa, um, trochanter, fumer, patula, tibia, 
metatarsus and tarsus. Goodness, said Wilbur, looking down at his own chubby legs. I don't think my legs have seven sections. Well, said Charlotte, you and I lead different lives. You don't have to spin a web. That takes real leg work. This is so amazing what Charlotte says to Wilbur here. Why? Because as you guys can hear, Wilbur is is shocked. It's like, wow, a spider's legs consist of seven different parts, right? And, and, and Wilbur starts to compare himself to a spider's leg, right? But as you can see, Charlotte is a very smart spider. She's a very wise spider. So she says, you know, Wilbur, you and I lead different lives. We live different lives. What is she trying to tell us here? She's trying to tell us that the nature of a spider is not the same as the nature of a pig, right? Think about it. The nature of a dog is not the same as the nature of a cat. The nature of a cat is not the same as the nature of a rabbit, right? We're all different, right? Made up of different parts, okay? And sometimes we like to judge other people or other animals. And, and sometimes we like to think that we are better than other people and other animals. But maybe we're just different, right? Okay? So she continues and she says, I could spin a web if I tried, said Wilbur, boasting. Now listen to Wilbur here. This pig says that if he wanted to... He could spin a web, you know, he could create a spider web if he wanted to, right? I've just never tried. So you see, Wilbur is boasting, he's bragging, okay? But also, guys, as we are reading this part of the book, I want you to really think, in all seriousness, I mean, do you really think that a pig can do the same thing that a spider can, right? Okay? Let's see you do it, said Charlotte. Fern chuckled. By the way, chuckled means like Fern kind of laughed a little bit, right? Fern chuckled softly and her eyes grew wide with love for the pig. Okay, replied Wilbur. You coach me and I'll spin one. It must be a lot of fun to spin a web. How do I start? Take a deep breath, said Charlotte, smiling. Wilbur breathed deeply. Now climb to the highest place you can get to, like this. Charlotte raced up to the top of the doorway. Wilbur scrambled to the top of the manure pile. Very good, said Charlotte. Now make an attachment with your spin spinnerets. Hurl yourself into space and let out a drag line as you go down. Wilbur hesitated a moment, then jumped out into the air. He glanced hastily behind to see if a piece of rope was following him to check his fall. But nothing seemed to be happening in his rear, and the next thing he knew, he landed with a thump. Ooh, he grunted. Charlotte laughed so hard, her web began to sway. What did I do wrong? asked the pig when he recovered from his bump. Nothing, said Charlotte. It was a nice try. 
I think I'll try again, said Wilbur, cheerfully. I believe that I need is I believe what I need is a little piece of string to hold me. The pig walked out to his yard. You there, Templeton? he called. The rat poked his head out from under the throw or throw. Got a little piece of string I could borrow? asked Wilbur. I needed to spin a web. Yes, indeed, replied Templeton, who saved string. No trouble at all, anything to oblige. He crept down into his hole, pushed the goose egg out of the way, and returned with an old piece of dirty white string. Wilbur examined it. That's just a thing, he said. Tie one end to my tail, will you, Templeton? Wilbur crouched low with his thin, curly tail toward the rat. Templeton seized the string, passed it around the end of the pig's tail, and tied two half hitches. Charlotte watched in delight. Like Fern, she was truly fond of Wilbur. See, she was fond of Wilbur, which means she really liked Wilbur, whose smelly pen and stale food attracted the flies that she needed. And she was proud to see that he was not a quitter and he was willing to try again to spin a web. While the rat and the spider and the little girl watched, Wilbur climbed again to the top of the, of the manure pile full of energy and hope. Everybody watch, he cried, and summoning all his strength, he threw himself into the air head first. The string trailed behind him, but as he had neglected to fasten the other end to anything, it didn't really do any good, and Wilbur landed with a thud, crushed and hurt. Tears came to his eyes. Templeton grinned. Charlotte just sat quietly. After a bit, she spoke. You can't spin a web, Wilbur, and I advise you to put the idea out of your mind. You lack two things needed for spinning a web. What are they? asked Wilbur, sadly. You lack a set of spinnerets, and you lack know-how. But cheer up, you don't need a web. Zuckerman supplies you with three big meals a day. Why should you worry about trapping food? Wilbur sighed. You're ever so much cleverer and brighter than I am, Charlotte. I guess I was just trying to show off. Serves me right. Templeton untied his string and took it back to his home. Charlotte returned to her weaving. You needn't feel too badly, Wilbur, she said. Not many creatures can spin webs. Even men aren't as good as... It, uh, excuse me, even men aren't as good at it as spiders, although they think they're pretty good and they'll try anything. Did you ever hear of the Queensboro Bridge? Wilbur shook his head. Is it a web? Sort of, replied Charlotte. But do you know how long it took men to build it? Eight whole years. My goodness, I would have starved to death waiting that long. I can make a web in a single evening. 
What do people catch in the Queensboro Bridge bugs? asked Wilbur. No, said Charlotte. They don't catch anything. They just keep trotting back and forth across the bridge, thinking there is something better on the other side. If they'd hang head down at the top of the thing and wait quietly, maybe something good would come along. But no, with men, it's rush, rush, rush every minute. I'm glad I'm a sedentary spider. So let me stop here just for a second before I continue. There's a lot of, there is a very deep conversation going on here and I want to help you guys to understand it. First of all, as you can see, Wilbur is making everybody laugh. Why? Because he's trying to create a web like a spider. Everybody knows that's impossible. Have you ever heard of a pig who actually created a spider web? Of course not. But what's interesting about Wilbur is that he's willing to try. He's not embarrassed to try. He's not shy to try. And he fails the first time, but then he's so curious and he wants to try again, right? So this is this is a very nice quality that the writer is trying to remind us of here, right? It's like, don't be afraid to try new things, right? Even if people tell you that it's impossible, right? Don't, don't be afraid to try it. Stay curious, stay playful, right? Okay, but then there is a very, very deep and philosophical conversation going on between Charlotte, the spider, right, and Wilbur, the pig. Charlotte begins to explain to Wilbur, don't worry about making a web. You don't need a web. And Charlotte reminds us here that the reason why she creates webs is to catch insects like flies and such, right? Okay, so Charlotte reminds us here that she's not necessarily making these webs because it's fun. She's making them because she has to make them to survive. Yeah? Yeah? She also uses the this actual real Queensboro bridge from New York, right? And she says that it took human beings eight years to create this bitch, to build this bridge, right? And then she, she's comparing herself as the spider to human beings that she couldn't wait eight years, right? Because if she waited for eight years, she would die. That's why she has to create, um, you know, a, a new spider web every night so that she can catch flies and, you know, get food. And you know, guys, I swear to God, this is a true story. Ever since I read this book, and by the way, I've read this book a million times, you know, with my students and by myself. Every time I see a spider web, I always think about this book. It almost makes me a little bit emotional. Because, you know, through this beautiful story here, the writer is reminding us that to us human beings, a spider is just a stupid spider. Oh, hold on. Let me kill the spider, right? Let me 
get away from me, disgusting little spider, right? Okay, but in, in actuality, in real life, the writer is trying to remind us that a spider is a miracle. A spider is a miracle. And think about it, it's kind of true because how, how can this spider, how does he know to build such an amazing, you know, complicated web all by himself? Like, how does he know that? Who taught him to do that? Right? Okay. Or, or are we just driven as, as insects, as animals, as, as creatures, as human beings? Are we driven by survival? You know, to learn new things, to acquire new knowledge, right? So, so there is a very interesting conversation going on here, right? Okay, so let's continue on the next page. What does sedentary mean, asked Wilbur. It means I sit still a good part of the time and don't go wandering all over creation. I know a good thing when I see it and my web is a good thing. I stay put and wait for what comes, gives me a chance to think. Well, I'm sort of sedentary myself, I guess, said the pig. I have to hang around here whether I want to or not. You know where I'd like to, you know where I'd I'd really like to be this evening? Where? In a forest looking for beech nuts and truffles and delectable roots pushing leaves aside with my wonderful strong nose, searching and sniffing along the ground, smelling, smelling, smelling. You smell just the way you are, remarked the lamb who, was ju- who just walked in, who had just walked in. I can smell you from here. You're the smelliest creature in the place. Wilbur hung his head. His eyes grew wet with tears. Charlotte noticed his embarrassment and she spoke sharply to the lamb. Let Wilbur alone, she said. He has a perfect right to smell, considering his surroundings. You're no bundle of sweet peas yourself. Furthermore, you are interrupting a very pleasant conversation. What were we talking about, Wilbur, when we were so rudely interrupted? Oh, I don't remember, said Wilbur. It doesn't make any difference. Let's not talk anymore for a while, Charlotte. I'm getting sleepy. You go ahead and finish fixing your web, and I'll just lie here and watch you. It's a lovely evening. Wilbur stretched out on his side. See, guys, Wilbur is feeling a little bit sad right now. He's feeling a little bit discouraged, a little bit negative. Because when the lamb walked into the barn, she said to Wilbur, Ooh, you smell really bad, right? So that made him a little bit sad. And of course, Charlotte quickly decided to defend Wilbur, right? Because they're friends, remember? Of course you do, said Charlotte. We all do. Oh, hold on one second. Where the, where 
Mildred. Twilight settled over Zuckerman's barn and a, and a feeling of peace. Fern knew it was almost supper time. Remember, supper time means dinner time. But she couldn't bear to leave. She didn't want to leave. Swallows passed on silent wings in and out of the doorways, bringing food to their young ones. From across the road, a bird sang. A lurvy sat down under an apple tree and lit his pipe. The animals sniffed the familiar smell of strong tobacco. Tobacco. Wilbur heard the trill of the tree toad and the occasional slamming of the kitchen door. All these sounds made him feel comfortable and happy, for he loved life and loved to be a part of the world of a summer evening. But as he lay there, he remembered what the old sheep told him. The thought of death came to him, and he began to tremble with fear. Charlotte, he said softly, yes, Wilbur, I don't want to die. Of course you don't, said Charlotte in a comforting voice. I just love it here in the barn, said Wilbur. I love everything about this place. Of course you do, said Charlotte. We all do. The goose appeared, followed by her seven goose goslings that thrust their little necks out and kept up a, they thrust their little necks out and kept up a musical whistling like a tiny troop of pipers. Wilbur listened to the sound with love in his heart. Charlotte, he said. Yes, said the spider. Were you serious when you promised you would keep them from killing me? I was never more serious in my life. I'm not going to let you die, Wilbur. How are you going to save me? asked Wilbur, whose curiosity was very strong on this point. Well, said Charlotte vaguely, I don't really know, but I'm working on a plan. That's wonderful, said Wilbur. How is the plan coming, Charlotte? Have you got very far with it? Is it coming along pretty well? Wilbur was trembling again, but Charlotte was cool and collected. Oh, it's coming all right, she said lightly. The plan is still in its early stages and hasn't completely shaped up yet, but I'm working on it. When do you work on it, begged Wilbur. When I'm hanging head down at the top of my web, that's when I do my thinking, because then all the blood is in my head. I'd be only too glad to help in any way I can. Oh, I'll work it out alone, said Charlotte. I can think better if I think alone. All right, said Wilbur, but don't fail to let me know if there's anything I can do to help no matter how slight. Well, replied Charlotte, you must try to build yourself up. I want you to get plenty of sleep and stop worrying. Never hurry and never worry. Chew your food thoroughly and eat every bit of it, except you must leave just enough for Templeton. Gain weight and stay well. That's the way you can help. Keep fit and don't lose your nerve. Do you think you understand? Yes, I understand, said Wilbur. Go along to bed then, said Charlotte. Sleep is important. 
Wilbur trotted over to the darkest corner of his pen and threw himself down. He closed his eyes. In another minute, he spoke. Charlotte? He said, Yes, Wilbur. May I go out to my throw and see if I left any of my supper? I think I left just a tiny bit of mashed potato. Very well, said Charlotte, but I want you in bed again without delay. Wilbur started to race out to his yard. Slowly, slowly, said Charlotte. Never hurry and never worry. Wilbur checked himself and crept slowly to his uh, throw. He found a bit of potato, chewed it carefully, swallowed it, and walked back to bed. He closed his eyes and was silent for a while. Charlotte, he said in a whisper, yes. May I get a drink of milk? I think there are a few drops of milk left in my throat. No, the throat is dry and I want you to go to sleep. No more talking. Close your eyes and go to sleep. Wilbur shut his eyes. Fern got up from her stool and started for home her mind full of everything she had seen and heard. Good night, Charlotte, said Wilbur. Good night, Wilbur. There was a pause. Good night, Charlotte. Good night, Wilbur. Good night. Good night. Okay. So I'm going to stop right here, guys. But remember, Wilbur is very, very scared. Someone at this farm has told him that you know the owner of the farm has a plan he's planning to kill Wilbur for Christmas so that they can you know eat ham for Christmas right so ever since Wilbur heard this rumor he cannot relax he's thinking about it a lot but Charlotte has promised that she's going to help him how we don't know yet right but we also see through this chapter that you know charlotte is very wise she's very independent and she really likes to think she likes to spend time alone she doesn't like to hurry she doesn't like to do things in a rush quickly right and she's trying to remind wilbur to do the same right but wilbur it's a little bit harder for him to do this right sometimes he's a little bit impatient and so let's see what happens guys i hope you enjoyed these two chapters as much as i did all right uh thank you so much for listening keep up the the good work okay keep on learning english keep on practicing and i'll see you guys next wednesday kisses